last few minutes. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. 600 ESPN El Paso is uh, where we're hanging with you right now on a, a Tuesday afternoon. Excited about jumping back to our phone lines and welcoming into the show. UTEP head football coach Dana Dimmel joins us live right now uh, as we keep things moving uh, here. Uh, and, and I'm just excited about having Coach back, but I'll tell you something, Coach. Um, I saw today one of your former players, Danny Garcia, who's now in the athletic department, tweet out about three pictures of the new outdoor club seats that we saw last week from a distance from Jim Center. Today it was up close and personal. Those look absolutely terrific. Those are sharp. They added a lot. I mean, really looks good. So just gussying up the uh, Sun Bowl, which has really got so much tradition and such a beautiful setting, so much for all of us at UTEP and El Paso to be proud of is the Sun Bowl. And uh, it really looks good. I'm really impressed with the way it's shaping up, so that should be really fun for everybody to see that, you know, because, again, there's so much nostalgia and history, and we all grew up listening to the Sun Bowl and watching, you know, games in, in the Sun Bowl, so it's pretty cool to, to really, you know, put some money into it and fix it up. It looks great. Every one of them, by the way, has a, a cup holder at the at the backside, so you can actually put a drink there, which is also very nice. And it's great. I mean, it's only taken us, um, I don't know, you know, 30, 40 years. But, Coach, we're modernizing the Sun Bowl right now. I'm excited about it's, that. It's great. There's so much to work with. you got such a great core to work with with that stadium. So everything that you put into it is a great, uh, a great investment. It really is. So. Uh, really looks good. I see it every day outside my office window, you know, and it's really cool to look at. And you know that that, that helps so much with recruiting, you know, because it's there for us to use as on all of our recruiting visits to to be able to see it and see how nice it's looking. So I'm really excited about that. Give me a reaction when you heard the news today. UIL now uh, going to start uh, high school football the weekend of September 24th here in the state of Texas. Uh, still planning to play in the fall, except it'll be about a month behind schedule from where we were originally sitting uh, with the last weekend in August. Yeah, you know, I've been intertwined pretty heavy with the UIL and and the leaders of the UIL and what they're doing. And, you know, there's 1.5 million students that participate in athletics at the high school level in the state of Texas that are involved in UIL sports. And uh, that's an amazing number when I heard that last week. And, and um, you know, so I was out with the workouts today when that came across the wire. And, and again, you know, I think it's impacted by, you know, uh, obviously the size of the communities of, uh, of where, you know, the bigger programs are located. And so everybody's just making adjustments. So, our message is this, you know, I think we alluded to that yesterday, Cap, is that every day is a new day for us, right? And every day is a day that you just react and, and you take care of yourself and you do things the way it's supposed to be done and control what we all can control. And that's being safe, healthy, and preparing to play football on September 5th right now for, for the UTEP Miners with such an exciting opening opening game. So I want my players to stay locked in because, you know, it'll be here before you know it, and if you think something might stand in the way of us playing on September 5th, you'll be out there on the field playing and you won't be 100% prepared. So that's the message that we're sending, and uh, patience is a definitely a, a huge, huge virtue, and it's a huge virtue for me as a head football coach right now to be very, very patient with everything that's going on. As somebody that's been recruiting some of these uh, athletes for, for, for two years now since you arrived and realizing that here in the state of Texas you could have been looking at sophomores and juniors and they're getting ready for their senior season, how vital is it to you as a uh, college football head coach so that these athletes can still get in and play some semblance of a high school football season to give you more opportunities to really see what they've done to improve from their junior to senior year. Yeah, that's a good topic because, you know, obviously we've, we've lost the camps, which is a very, very important tool for us. You know, I talked about that when I was talking to the Texas high school coaches on our head coaches panel on Sunday night. 
you know, how important of a tool the camps are, the summer camps, for us to be able to, to get out and evaluate talent. And so we don't have that now. So that, that, that's been lost. And so, the, you know, in order for us to be able to evaluate their senior years and for these young men that they only get one senior year, you know, and they only will get one opportunity, it's going to be important that they do get to play some football. And, you know, like I said, maybe now it's going to go into late December, January for some of these Texas high school programs. But at least that keeps, at this point, some normality uh, to our our recruiting cycle and our ability to evaluate them and, 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 and look at them and get a chance to uh, really see what they how they mature. And that's what UTEP recruiting is all about. We're all about recruiting guys, you know, their senior year, not their freshman, sophomore, junior year like other programs are. So it's important for us to be able to see them play their senior years. Generally speaking, as far as your camps go, I mean, I'm sure there's times you'll see a player and you'll offer them on the spot if that's the case. Does that usually involve seniors-to-be, or does that sometimes even involve juniors that you're just impressed with when you see for the first time? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll offer guys. We'll offer guys that are fixed to be juniors, you know, and we'll offer guys that are fixed to be seniors as well. Um just dependent on whether they, they they check the boxes that we want to see with our guys as we go through our evaluation, uh, watching them. You know, so much of it for me is instinctive, you know, because when you've been doing it for so long, you begin to really trust your evaluation skills. And um, I was blessed enough to be around some really good evaluators as a young coach and learn from them, you know, in the system that I was brought up in that had proven success with being great evaluation systems. And uh, I really trust the ability to see somebody and to see what um, what they can bring to the table in person. We don't miss very much, you know. And so uh, we're not afraid to offer guys that are, you know, fixed to be juniors. But I really like to see more of a finished product before we offer um, guys that are, you know, wait and wait, be patient, and don't offer somebody that might be just a little bit more, of an early mature than a guy that, you know, might be a late mature, which is what you want. You want the guys that are going to be good, you know, in college and maybe not be the guys that were really good in high school, but when they hit college, they plateau off, Cap. So there's so much that goes into it, but when you've been doing it for a long time and you've been doing it at a high level and you've had success with it, you feel much more comfortable with it. So when we miss on recruits, I'm more surprised. Uh, then, you know, obviously when we hit on guys on our evaluation set. UTEP head football coach Dana Dimmel joining us for our, our uh, daily conversation here on Sports Talk. Let's send it to Adrian. He's got a question for you, Coach. Hey, Coach, I just want to hey. ask on the on kind of a quick note for this in evaluating players and maybe a non-traditional format. I, we talked to coaches recently who have told us that their players are attending regional camps and uh, working out alone, even some seven-on-seven. Seven. Worst-case scenario, if we're not able to play any sort of high school or prep uh, f- football this fall, could you evaluate? Could you see yourself and your staff of adapting and evaluating some non-traditional film from some of these guys? Yeah. Absolutely. And what we're doing right now, you know, that was one of the questions I got asked from my high school coaches on the panel. And what I pointed out is something that we have really tried to initiate since we've been here, and that's, okay, your high school film shows you doing this or that, okay? Your junior college film shows you doing this or that. But, uh, you know, film yourself out running routes. Film yourself out doing drills of change of direction. You know, film that yourself. Have your dad go out and film you. Have, you know, ha- just have something there for you that we can really see how well you bend, how well you change directions, how smooth of a gait you have, uh, your body size, your measurables. We do wing. We have guys do wingspans for us with their coaches, where they got their wingspan out there. There are so many tools that we have to be really creative with, especially now if we're not going to have senior film. But there's other ways for these guys to put together profiles for us to be able to look at it. And sometimes we can garner a lot from that and then go back and maybe look at junior film and say, okay, this is what he did as a junior, and now look how he's moving as a senior. And gives us enough information. You know, we'll use Twitter 
you know, we'll be watching guys on film, and, and we'll pull up Twitter pictures of them, of what, what they look like on Twitter. We'll use that as a tool. There's so many tools that we can use nowadays that are critical for us in our evaluation piece. So uh, senior tape might not be as uh, as fruitful as it has been because of the resource available to us. Have you had any athletes thus far do that without you even having to ask, that have taken the initiative yeah. to think creative and, and send some things your way like that? We have. We have, and we've had, and that's the, the, the things that we look at and say, okay, okay, this fits for us. Now we can really see, you know, how you fit and, and, and how you move and what how you look and, how you look sometimes as you pad out and how you look sometimes when you're outside your pads but you're in your gym shorts and your T-shirt and get a really good feel of what type of body type they, that, that they have. So I think we've got some help from that. But in a lot of ways, you know, it's also instructive to tell these kids, go out, do something. You know, we can't tell them what to do or how to do it or sit there and say, okay, you do this, you do that. But, but we can tell them, hey, put something together that you feel like showcases your skills and let us look at it. And so that, to me, has become a really good tool for us in our recruiting evaluation. This part of the conversation has been so good and yet so unexpected that I'm up against a break. So if I went to the position to start talking about today, um, we would would run way over. So can you hang with us for another segment? We'll keep people in suspense for a few more minutes, and then we'll get to it. I think it's good. Yeah, we'll talk about some other things. It's great. Fantastic. More with Coach Dimmel, including the position we're going to profile, coming up right after Charlie One, who's got another traffic update for us as Sports Talk continues. Quarter past as we move through a Tuesday afternoon. Charlie, how are we doing?
Back here on Sports Talk as we continue 19 now past the hour. We've got head coach Dana Dimmel with us for our conversation as we go position by position with UTEP football heading in for the 2020 season. We've spent the first segment talking all about the high school levels, camps, videos, alternative ways to showcase a football player. And by the way, I am hoping that parents of high school football players in El Paso, especially those that could actually try to uh, either get a scholarship or walk on, whether it's UTEP or anywhere else, listen to what you had to say because you gave about the greatest uh, PSA you could ever hear as for what a, a coach would want from a high school player, especially if it's an abbreviated season. Yeah, I think that's a good point that we've been able to bring to the table, Cap, you know, and I want to be a resource. You know, I think it's important to me in the position that I hold to be a resource for questions that are out there from your listeners, you know? And so that's a way to, uh, to try to promote your young man right now, if you, or young lady, if you don't have the camps that are, that are there for you like normal. And I'm a big proponent of those camps as long as you use them wisely and pick the right ones. And so, you know, we've offered some alternative me- uh, methods to, um, be able to showcase some of the talents of, of, of the young people you're trying to promote. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Now let's get to uh, the question that everybody's wanting to know right now, and that is what position you're going to profile for our listeners this week. Lots uh, still left on the table. Uh, yesterday was good. You went through that deep wide receiver class. What would you like to talk about uh, this week or this, uh, this afternoon? Right. Coach? Of course, it's fluid cap right and it changes and so since we spent more time talking about other subjects i've switched in the middle of our of our conversation i'm going to talk about our specialists um because the number of our specialists is not quite as as uh, large as the number of some of our other positions we still have left to profile and so let's talk about uh, that position though it's so so critical to the success of our program uh, I think there's less numbers to talk about. Um, so sure. it was important when we, when we got here to develop, you know, depth in the special uh, teams as far as our skill positions go. And so as we develop our talent there, we want to have two deep and we want to have a good depth chart there. You know, uh, I, I think sometimes people underestimate that. And again, from, you know, where I was, the programs I was brought up in, it was important that we were really good on special teams. And so it's going to start off with Gavin Beckley. You know, Gavin is a, a kicker for us that, you know, was a, played for us as a true freshman, uh, was, you know, at best average for us as a true freshman. Last year I think he came into his own and really showcased his ability to be a very good, uh, consistent performer for us. And uh, he's getting stronger, bigger. Uh, all the time, and and I think he's going to step up and have a really good year for us this year. He's multifaceted; he can kick and he can punt, which is a nice tool set for us. And so, um, Gavin's the, the highlight of that position. Uh, Josh Sloan, who's gone back and hit our Australian connection through Coach Joe Robinson, our special team uh, coordinator, who has great connections to the Australian. Uh, punters and, and, and kickers. And so Josh Sloan is a young man that's 20 years old, has five years left on his clock. His clock has not started. Very athletic, a big guy that played, obviously played Australian rules football and uh, shown us his ability there. We watched him punt on tape. He looks really good. I think he's got a huge upside. He'll be with us for a long time. And so those two guys are the bell cows, the punter kicker. Um, Mark Ramos, a local product out of Andrus, is our uh, another guy that will battle Gavin for the kicking position. Mark has a lot of uh, strength in his leg. He's very consistent with what he does. Redshirted him last year, so he's four more years in the program. And it's neat because he's another local product that we think has got a chance to be, you know, really, really solid for us moving forward and really good for us moving forward. So I'm so excited about Mark. He's got a great demeanor to him, prepares himself very, very well. And then, uh, you know, to provide more depth at the punter-kicker position, Alejandro Cheveria is a young man we recruited out of the San Antonio area that uh, 
He's got a really strong leg in both aspects of what he does. He's going to be a redshirt freshman this year, and uh, we can rely on him to provide a step at our kicker slash punter position. So basically, it gives us the ability to have Josh Sloan, Gavin, backing him up as the punter. Gavin is the starting kicker. Mark uh, backing up Gavin as the at the kicking position gives us two deep there. It gives us Alejandro providing us, you know, a third at both those spots right now. And then we've put a lot of our resources, uh, manpower, into our snap to be underrated. Jacob Prim is a returner from last year at the snapping position. Uh, Angelo Tejada is a prospect that we feel really, really good about. Connor Villapondo is another prospect at the long snapping position that we feel really good about. And Josh Hancock as well. And so, again, I've just run through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight specialists uh, on our roster. And so we're really trying to develop depth so we can have consistency at our kicker, punter, snapper positions. And obviously we try to pull a holder out of that spot because they get so much more time to work with each other. And right now Mark Ramos is our holder. So detailed information for everybody out there. We've talked about some you know, kickers, punters, too deep at those positions, and also our, our holder. Let's not stop since we haven't talked about the return game yet. Are you going to make yeah. that a separate day to focus on that, or would you like to include that today in special teams? Because we can make that Great a special idea. day if you want to do that. Great idea. We can't, we, you know, we visited about Duran Lowe, and, and so I thought today we'd piggyback in our punt return with this segment, you know, and, and, okay. uh, you know, obviously Justin Garrett is rock solid. We talked so much about him yesterday and what he brings to the table. But for me, punt returning is reliability, right? Because obviously you've just stopped the team. you forced them to give the ball back to you. And the worst thing you can do is turn that ball right back over. There's nothing more demoralizing than that. So what you want out of your punt returner is reliability and you want to have somebody that you really trust back there. So right now, our two leading candidates for that are Justin Garrett and Jacob Cowling. And I think all of all the minor football fans would uh, think that those are probably two good guys to put the, the next offensive possession in their hands. And so that's a good start to every offensive possession. And so those will be our top two guys. And I think we got, you know, uh, JG that's really, you know, really improved his quickness. And, uh, you know, we had a drill today where he asked, Coach, do you think I'm the quickest guy on the team? And, of course, I refuted that uh, with with him. But uh, he's really improved his quickness. And then him and Jacob were arguing with each other on who was quicker. And they said, who's the quickest guy on the team, Coach, me or, or Jacob? And I, I obviously I answered with neither one of you. There's somebody else that I think is quicker. So, But just a challenge for him out there. So, again, those two guys have a lot of – reliability and a lot of quick twitch to them. Back to Adrian, who has a couple of questions for you, Coach. Hey, Coach, I want to touch on Joe Robinson, 30th season coaching for special teams, and he's bounced around and coached all over the place, where whether it be Arizona, LSU, North Carolina, South Carolina with Steve Spurrier, and most recently with Texas Tech and Cliff Kingsbury. What What is it about him? I mean, tell us a little bit more about what Coach Joe Robinson brings to the table uh, for your special teams unit. Incredible knowledge, incredible experience. Um, I mean, he's top of the line regarded at what he does, um, you know, and then him and I go back. I mean, Joe, Rob, and I go way, way back to when we were both film coaches. Uh, I was a film coach at Kansas State, which meant you were a coach, but you were also in charge of film exchange, which is, you know, what, what is film exchange, right? Well, that's where, you know, we'd cut up the tape and, process it and then we'd meet halfway or we'd mail it uh we'd 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 um have it flown to another program for for instance uh joe robs at la tech i'm at k-state we're playing each other the next week we get done with our previous game we get it we take we drive it to kansas city we get it processed we fly it to uh rustin or someplace close to rustin they need to get it by a certain time they do the same thing fly it to kansas city we drive to pick it up and and you have constant communication because if it doesn't show up 
you can't start evaluating the other team on film on a Sunday. All right. Isn't that crazy talk for what we're in nowadays? And, uh, and then if it doesn't show up, you're like pointing fingers. Okay, you guys did it on purpose, where 99% of the time it wasn't on purpose, right? And so Joe, Rob, and I's careers go all the way back to us exchanging film with each other at those two schools. And then, of course, he's had a great, great career. And he, he was, uh, we were together at University of Houston. We were together at University of Arizona. And so, you know, I'm very fortunate to have him with us here. So he's just uh, – provides great knowledge and experience to, to our special teams position. And, Coach, uh, speaking more with the punters, it was first with Mitchell Crawford, then with now with Josh Sloan. What, how important is that Australian pipeline of punters that you guys have created here at UTEP? It's gigantic. You know, that is a great avenue for us to be involved in, is to be able to get that kind of talent of kids that can punt in a stationary position, but they can also punt – uh, you know, on the move and and do a really good job with that as well. So they can be dynamic punters. They can be stationary punters. They can provide a lot of versatility to your punt game. And, Coach, finally with this, this might sound as a, like a weird question, but what's the evaluation process like uh, trying to recruit and, and then sign somebody who's a long snapper? Yeah, it's got to be in person. You know what I mean? It's got to be going to a practice and watching them snap in practice. It's got to be the camps now that are out there. You know, it's got to be watching film and the timing of the snap from film. And it's also got to be um, reaching out to trusted uh, coaching resources that you that, that have been able to watch that young man in person and say, okay, here's his time of what he's able to snap the ball back and and what kind of velocity he gets on it. So there's a lot that goes into it. And um, it's, it's become a, you know, quite an interesting skill set. So some of these guys we've brought in, we feel like are top, top of the line because what we do with our recruiting um, cap and Adrian is that we send Coach Joe Rob out, and, and he's going to make sure he watches these kids at practice in person. But he's watching punters, kickers, and snappers. I mean, that's his. That's his. That is what he's recruiting. And then, of course, he's got El Paso. So he's got all of El Paso. You know, and of course, a lot of help from our coaches with that. Uh, other coaches, but then he's he's doing his position group in person. And and we're not going to take anybody that he hasn't got to see, you know, in person snap and uh, and get a good evaluation on. Terrific stuff today, Coach. We enjoyed it as always. Look forward to uh, tomorrow and continuing the conversation. But uh, like the fact that we went through specialists today, and thanks again for all the time and insight. Yeah, good stuff. Appreciate spending time. It's fun talking football with you guys. We'll do it tomorrow, Coach. Same time. Thanks again. Talk to you then. See you guys. Head Coach Dana Dimmel, the Utah Miners. Bottom of the hour. Right back to Adrian and this Sports Center update. <laughs> Busy 6 o'clock hour, as we mentioned. Welcome back, everybody, to the program. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Excited about our list of coaches that are going to join us this hour. Leading off, uh, and we join him on the phones right now, is Neil Rutledge, the head coach of uh, the Burgess Mustangs, who won the district last season, nine wins, and they're projected to finish first in District 25A, Division 2, from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Coach, good to have you on the show. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm doing great, Steve. And, uh, you know, let me thank you and Adrian for having me on tonight. Absolutely. We were asking before uh, we brought you on, how many years have you been at Burgess? Well, that's that's a tough question to answer, uh, answer because uh, I've been there four years as a head coach, but I was there many years as assistant. And then I went to high school there for a few years, and little known fact, uh, my mother was pregnant with me in the halls of Burgess uh, many, many years ago. So I've been around Burgess all my life and and uh, maybe even before my life began. 
That is an amazing story. I like that. So Burgess goes all the way back to your mom, which is pretty impressive. I like that, Coach. Yeah, I got grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, um, myself, and and my kids have already gone through Burgess as well. So you're uh, so you've got four generations of uh, Rutledge family at uh, Burgess High. That's pretty solid. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good. Well, um, you got to be excited with the team you inherit and. Obviously, Tavares is getting so much uh, recognition from around the country. Uh, you know, it's unbelievable uh, when you can just realize today Penn State, the latest uh, school to offer. And somebody asked on social media, Coach, the last time in El Paso, high school football player received an offer from Penn State. Somebody answered uh, that it was none other than Lance Taylor at Coronado back in the mid-70s, which could very well be the, uh, you know, the, the question we were looking for, the answer to that one. Yeah, that's a little bit before my time, so I wouldn't know the answer to that. But uh, I know it doesn't happen every day, and I'm I'm really thrilled about our our team, our program, and and Tavares. No doubt about it. Um, I remember him as a freshman watching him play basketball, and I was uh-huh. people were telling me that you th- they they kept saying you like him on the basketball court, you should see him on the football field, and that was. Uh, a couple of years ago when I was at the McDonald's tournament watching him and saw the ability, and I realized, man, this he's got a chance to be something special. And uh, obviously uh, getting the offers he's getting before he even starts his junior season just kind of tells you the kind of athlete that Jones is. Yeah, he's a special kid, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a good kid also. He's a yes or no kid, um, does everything we ask him to do. Uh, he's going to turn into a team leader. He's been a little young to be a team leader thus far but we we expect him to be a team leader this year and uh, he's a great kid overall as a longtime assistant coach and now four-year head coach out at Burgess High how different is your different I should say is your philosophy heading into the season now than it was when you first took over as head coach um it's a little different um I feel a little bit more comfortable than I did when I was first starting out um, but I'm, I'm very, very confident with my, my team and, and my coaches. Uh, my coaches are doing a lot of things uh, for this team. And, um, you know, we had to lay the foundation four years ago, and, and there's, there's no foundation to be laid anymore. Um, they're, they're building upon all that, and, and they're doing an excellent job. Uh, I, I kid everybody. I say all they let me do nowadays is call timeouts, and uh, it, it's kind of a funny thing, but it, it's getting close to being true. I mean, these my assistant coaches pretty much run that entire program and, and let me take care of all the business side of the, of the coaching uh, profession. You're serious? You really are like a CEO in the high school level? That's like a dream come true, Coach. Well, I don't know. You know, you you're, if you're in a couple of those cheerleading parent meetings with me, you might not you might not feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Hey, by the way, when yeah. the news came down today uh, from the UIL regarding the delayed start of the season, it was interesting to me because it fell exactly in line to where we expected El Paso to start before the UIL decided today. And now all of Texas, uh, for the most part, is is in line, at least in the 5A, 6A levels, with exactly where El Paso would be uh, based on the uh, announcement a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, I, I told my athletic director, Maria Kennedy, I felt like we are being trailblazers a few weeks ago when we decided we weren't going to start until September the 7th. And, um, you know, it, it held to be true. You know, um, the, the rest of the state of Texas, um, you know, maybe maybe they looked at our, our plan or whatever. I, I don't know if that's true, but, you know, they, they, they're following suit. And, uh, you know, our, our athletic department and our district is going to do what's best for kids just like we're going to do what's best for kids. And, and if they think that starting on September the 7th is what's best for kids, then we're going to do that. And um, we're real, we're, we're, we are real excited that the rest of the state of Texas is going to follow suit and, uh, you know, allow us to play what looks to be, at, at this time, a full season. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about that because um, if, if, they didn't, if they didn't change their mind about when they were going to start, then it was going to be an abbreviated uh, season, and you know that's going to be really unfair for for anybody's kids that are seniors this year. So that 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 would have been very very unfortunate. 
Now, I know we're not out of the water yet because the rest of college football hasn't decided what they're going to do. And if uh, college football decides to go to the spring, then you would have to think that uh, UIL would reconsider and, 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 can, and possibly follow suit. You agree? Yeah, I would. I would agree to that. Um, you know, I, I think we should do exactly what college football does. If, if they decide to go in the spring, I, I think we should follow suit as well. Um, but in the end, we just got to do what we think is best for kids and, and what's going to keep kids healthy. And, um, and our, even our fans, you know, our fans, our parents, and everybody that these kids go home to, it's very important that everybody stays healthy and we just do what's, what's best and follow our, our leader's advice and, and uh, you know, see what, see what shakes out. How tough has it been for you communicating with your players during the offseason? Have you had a lot of Zoom meetings and conversations since uh, summer workouts were cut so short? We haven't had a lot. Um, you know, one thing you know about kids is, is their attention spans real short. So we've had very important meetings, but we haven't had a lot of meetings. Um, I do communicate with them uh, through text, uh, through this Huddle app that we have. And then we have had a couple of Zooms or WebEx. WebEx is what uh, EPIC provides for us. And uh, we've had important meetings, but not, not too many where they won't become, you know, where they, uh, they, they won't find it interesting or, or want to jump on there. So, you know, it, it has been difficult for us because we want to talk to our kids every day and, and we just don't have that opportunity. Burgess head football coach Neil Rutledge joining us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue. Adrian, I know you've got some questions for the coach. Why don't you fire away? Coach, I was, uh, you know, we talked a lot about Tavoris Jones, 13 Division One offers, but what can you tell us about some of the other players on your roster who are impact players and returning like Robert Hull, uh, even Alec Marenko, who's picked up a UTEP offer recently? Yeah, Alec Marenko's sitting with four different offers right now, and he's, he's a heck of a player. He's, he's going to be so good that we're going to use him on both sides of the ball. And then we have Robert Hall returning. He's a selfless player. I mean, he's going he's gonna to do anything we ask him to do. He's, a, he's just a great all-around kid. And then we have um, our quarterback coming back. And, um, you know, he, he's done a great job for us uh, for, for now a year and a half about because we, we had to pull him up. Uh, at the end of his sophomore year, and he's he's done just a great job. And then we have lots of lots of guys on on defense coming back, and lots of guys on offense coming back, and they're they're all real good players. You know, I think we kind of overachieved last year, and we're looking for big things this year with those kids coming back with some experience. Coach, this this might be an odd question, but what are some of the conversations like right now with some of your football boosters on trying to find creative ways to raise funds for the upcoming season? Yeah, um, my booster club is struggling because, um, you know, I've told them that we can't put anything in, in the hands of kids to go sell or anything like that. We're going to do basically an online fundraising thing. Um, it, it's kind of like in the DNA of a, of a GoFundMe type fundraiser. Uh, but the booster club is going to have to hang tight until they can maybe sell some concessions at the games or some apparel and things like that. So the booster club has it a little bit harder than us, but uh, we're definitely hurting. We always have a big golf fundraiser in the end of spring and we weren't able to do that. So every team, not, not just Burgess, but every team is going to have some trouble with funds this year. And that's, that's just uh, another layer to this whole, um, you know, COVID COVID problem. We're talking right now with Coach Rutledge here on Sports Talk as we continue uh, with the show. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and it's such a tough question, but it's you can probably be honest and level with us and our listeners out there. You see a guy like Jones, and he has offer after offer, and, they, and, and they're just starting. They're going to keep coming in, and when he's done, he's probably going to have just about the pick of the litter where he wants to go. El Pasoans want to see him stay in El Paso and stay to UTEP, and, and that's understandable. I mean, you know, you want to keep the best players around like they did with Aaron Jones and Alvin Jones and, and uh, Deion Hankins and Josh Fields, but at the same time, it's so tough when you know you can go play at a Power 5, have a chance to have an impact, to stay back and... and and uh, you know, try to star in your backyard for your hometown. Give me your take on the situation in terms of those elite athletes and when the offers start to pour in, weighing UTEP versus everybody else. Well, you know, I, I love UTEP, and I, I support 
uh, their coaching staff as much as I possibly can. And, and I, I think they're doing a great job there. And, and I really feel like they're going to start winning and doing a much better job in the, in the wins and loss category. Um, you know what? The one thing that Utah did do was they got on uh, the Jones train really early. And they offered him very, very early. Uh, they've also offered Alec Marenko. So, you know, they, they didn't wait on that. They, they, uh, they, told, they told him that he was valuable to them very, very early. So that was one thing that they did that was phenomenal. And then, you know, the, the age-old question is, is where is this kid going to end up? You know, we just don't know. He has a lot of work to do. He has two seasons of football to get through. And, um, you know, he has to do well in the classroom. And then he has to put all this added pressure of being a guy with a target on his back and, and have to, he has to, he's going to have to excel through that pressure. So we don't know where Tavares Jones is going to end up in, in two more seasons, but, uh, you know, we hope that he brings a lot of attention to not only himself, but our other kids and other kids in El Paso. And we just hope that this experiment, kind of what we're calling it, uh, with all these offers coming in, uh, we hope it not only benefits T. Jones, but it, it benefits other kids around El Paso. And uh, I can guarantee you that wherever Tavares Jones does go and play, he's, he's going to excel and he's going to make all of El Paso proud. Terrific. like the way you handled that. Now I'm going to throw another tough one at you since, you're, uh, since you did so well with that question. We asked and posed this question earlier today, and that is uh, parents feeling comfortable allowing their sons or daughters to play high school sports this year in the middle of this uh, pandemic. Have you had to deal with this firsthand and, and had tough discussions so far with parents that are still weighing the options of whether or not they want to, their son to, uh, to, to, to put on the pads and, and play football for you this year? Well, I have a sophomore son uh, playing quarterback for me. So, yeah, it, it's near and dear to my heart. And uh, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. These kids are safer with us than they are anywhere else. Um, you know, we're, we're going to make sure that they follow every single guideline every single day. We're, we're the ones that have the most discipline on these kids. And when they're in a school setting, they're, they're going to be safer at school than they are in, in many other places that they're at. Um, our kids are kids. And they're, they're going to the parks, and they're, they're doing things that, that may not be the safest for them. So when I talk to parents, I'm going to tell them, first of all, uh, you've got to make the best decision you think for your son, and whatever decision you make is going to be the right decision for your son and your family, and I'm going to support you 100%. But um, when you put your son in my hands, we're going to take care of them, and we're going to make sure that they're as healthy as they possibly can be, and we're going to follow every single guideline given to us, we're not going to cut any corners, and uh, we're going to we're going to make sure that um, the things that we can control, we do control. So you know, it, it's a tough situation. It's a tough it's a tough question to answer. Uh, we can't guarantee that no kid will won't uh, contact this virus, but um, we're going to do everything in our power to to try to keep it out of our our locker room, our field, and our program. Well done, Coach. Excellent stuff having you on the show today. I appreciate the time and wish you nothing but the best here in uh, 2020, and we'll look forward to having you back on the program with us. Yeah, I really appreciate it, and uh, I have a bunch of females at home. I don't get to talk very much, so whenever you want to talk, you just let me know, and I'll be more than happy to talk with you guys. <laughs> Sounds good. He's Coach Neil Rutledge of Burgess High as we continue on Sports Talk. Come back with plenty more. But first, here's Charlie Wan with Traffic. Our conversation continues here on Sports Talk. Ryan Warner is next up with us, head coach of the Chapin Huskies. Man who served as the former uh, OC for Darren Walker out at uh, Franklin. And coach, uh, first off, welcome to Sports Talk. It's it's great to have you uh, on the show with us today. And um, you know, I will ask every coach the same thing. Uh, your reaction when you found the news and heard the news that uh, UIL would uh, be starting the uh, football season here uh, the weekend of September 24th. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you know, hearing the, the news today, uh, we had, I guess, some, some form of information that it was going to come out sometime this week. A lot of people thought it was going to be Monday. Uh, but getting the information today really, um, in my opinion, in my mind, clarified a lot of things. It gave us a start date that we're excited about and uh, gives us hope for, um, I guess returning to some form of, of normalcy in the future. So, um, you know, the fact that the UIL did release that date that 
really helps our schedule here in El Paso because of the uh, the city ordinance. Um, what was a good thing, I think, now it gives us an opportunity to prepare for those 10 games that, that we've been um, talking to our, our players about. It's funny how things come full circle, Coach. I remember Darren Walker when he first arrived at Chapin, when Chapin first started up, and he built an immediate power. Then he goes to Franklin. You go with him to Franklin as uh, his offensive coordinator. Now you're getting your first head coaching job at Chapin, a place where uh, Coach Walker uh, was able to to do so well and, and success. So it's interesting sometimes when you start to think about the uh, college football circle of life and, and how it's taken you back back to the place that obviously was uh, such a big hit for uh, Coach Walker. Yeah, you know, and, and one of the funnier things, I guess, you can look into it a little more is um, I played for Coach Walker at, um, at Chapin. I was a part of the first graduating class there, and when I um, was, was fortunate enough to, to continue my career at Eastern Oregon University and come back and uh, join his staff at Franklin High School and then be able to take over the program at, um, at Chapin. So you talk about real the, the full circle um, playing for him, coaching uh, for him, and then um, now being able to return to the alma mater with the program that, that he started. Being with that first graduating class at Chapin and now coming down uh, back to be head coach, uh, it's got to mean more to you than a lot of people that would be in your shoes. Absolutely. Um, you know, being that, again, that first class, but really trying to establish a tradition of, of excellence there at, at Chapin High School along with the other uh, programs during the time, finding the level of success that they've had over the time, um, you know, it's really important um, to try to preach that message and continue that message to the, the younger uh, players that are coming through Chapin and, and kind of showing them um, the tradition that, that we've had at Chapin and, and continue, continuing that Chapin, but also uh, letting them know that it, it came through uh, hard work, commitment um, on a daily basis. It's weird looking at Chapin and calling it a rebuilding job because the school was so good for so long. But I think eventually every high school has to go through it in every program. And for you, the opportunity to take a, a team that was 2-9 and nine last year, turn it around, and uh, really one of the more unique situations since you're in a four-team district where everybody makes the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when the realignment came out, we saw – um, you know, our district was four teams having a, a three-game district schedule and then also making the playoffs. Um, well, it was definitely one of the points that we could look at the kids and tell them, you know, we're going to have a postseason. There will be a playoff game. Um, what are we going to do from, you know, week one until that first playoff game to prepare ourselves uh, to win a district championship along the way, um, you know, a bi-district championship and start making a run into the playoffs and, you know, the goal playing in December and, now with the new news coming out, you know, playing in, playing in January would be the new goal. No doubt about it. So um, going back, realizing that uh, you inherited a couple of uh, really nice players on the offensive side, you look at this team. Was your first uh, impression that, you know what, this is not a 2-9 football, football team that, that I'm inheriting this season? Uh, you know, it, the, one of the, the tougher, more difficult things as far as, you know, and obviously the shutdown and the COVID thing is, is has its own difficulties. But um, with player development and player uh, evaluation, um, you know, you, you look at the, the roster and you look at the names, you look at the uh, returning members of the team, the all-district players, and you think you have some really good pieces. You know, on offense, uh, we have a quarterback that's returning um, with, with some games of experience before his injury and Mason Stanifer. Um, you know, we have a Jacob Williamson who really uh, came on late in the season uh, up front. We have all district, uh, you know, um, guard and Fernando Martinez. And we have some senior leadership up front um, with the offensive line also, uh, also with like an Oscar Sines and a Sergio Garcia. Um, and you look at those kind of players on the offense and you say, you know, if your experience is going to be up front, um, you know, then, then you have something. Um, you know, and then look at the, the other side of the ball defensively. Uh, we have senior leadership in the back end of our secondary with Cameron Payne, um, district player, or I'm sorry, not district, um, newcomer of the year, Timothy Pastron at the safety position. Um, you know, really excited for the guys up front, like a Jordan Dunn who's going to play defensive tackle, and then another senior cornerback in Adam Hall. And you look at the, this group of kids and the seniors, you know, uh, on the defensive side and, and the offensive line, 
and, and you, you want them to continue to lead and, and take a, a two and nine um, record personal and really have that be in their driving force. But to answer your question, yeah, looking over time at, at these players and their uh, commitment level through the shutdown, through the workouts that we have, um, it really does inspire you to want to get them on and on the field and um, see what they can do and, and you know, really start your season on a, on a good note. Chapin uh, head football coach Ryan Warner is with us as Sports Talk continues. Let's go to Adrian. He's got a couple questions for you, Coach. Coach, as, as you kind of uh, – I know it's been so tough during the pandemic, but as you try to evaluate all the personnel that you have on the team, what's been some of the challenges just not meeting these people and, and players in person, uh, whereas you know other coaches do know the personnel that they have returning and are familiar with the players, especially as a, as a coach just coming in for the first time? Yeah, I would I would say the small sample size of uh, on field uh, workouts. You know, I took over in um, you know late January. I had February still getting my feet wet on campus, still doing the transition from Franklin High School over to Chapin, um, and really the player evaluation uh, was one thing that I, I wish we had more time before the shutdown. Um, you know, through the Zoom meetings that we have, and we meet with our players daily. Uh, through workouts and stuff like that, uh, team meetings, um, just to continue to build that that bond with them and let them, you know, develop that trust with the the new staff and um, the players and, and back and forth. So um, I guess to answer your question, you know, you, you kind of wish you had a bigger sample size of time on campus. Um, so that's been difficult. Um, but again, you know, my situation is unique taking over the program. Um, but everyone else is, is really fighting the same thing. You know, I was listening to Coach Rutledge, um, you know, as far as his communication with the team and trying to keep their attention um, at the task of hand. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for this, uh, the start date that UIL came out with, because I think that gives them um, a light at the end of the tunnel, something to work for and something to continue to drive that message uh, for the team. Coach, is there anything to the fact that you, you play in one 5A Division One? just four teams in this district, along with you all, El Dorado, Bel Air, and Del Valle. Is there anything to that as we kind of project all the, the schedule for this upcoming season? You know, I think, and I've said it before, I think the one thing is, is looking at the pre-district. You have seven um, pre-district games or non-district games leading up to it. Um, getting into district because there's a bye week before the first game, you're going to know what you have. You know, you're going to know your team up to that point. Um, you're know, you're going to know what you're good at. You're going to know what you struggle at. Um, so I think by the time that we hit that late district schedule, you know, all the teams that you have mentioned, um, they're going to have a great idea of of what they're, you know, what cards they're holding to say, you know, um, before they get into district. So. Um, that's what I look forward to is, is just getting better week by week and learning more and more about these kids and their capabilities once we get on campus. And, um, you know, like I said, just taking it week by week and, and um, contending for a district championship by district championship and a deep playoff run because that's going to be our goal. Since you listened to Coach Rutledge, you already heard this question asked, but I'll ask you anyway, and that is, have you had uh, parents, Coach, of, uh, of certain high school players reach out to you and, and uh, talk about uh, you know maybe not being as comfortable as they normally would be letting them go out to play football this year because of the current pandemic? Yeah, uh, when we started our, our on-campus workouts, I did have some parents reach out to me and express their concerns, and um, you know, and they're, they're looking out for the best interests of their children, and you have to appreciate that. Um, the best thing that we can do at this point is continue to uh, reassure, reassure them that we're going to do everything uh, in our capability uh, to keep their, their athletes, you know, protected to whatever extent that we can, um, you know, and, and try to calm it, you know, down just a little bit and let them know, you know, we're, we're going to be as uh, safe and as sanit- you know, sanitary as possible. But, yeah, we've had a, a, couple, a couple parents reach out. You know, as far as the news today, I haven't had any. Um, we'll see what happens leading up to um, the start date to see what, what happens there. Coach, I wish you nothing but the best. I'm happy you're back home at Chapin. I think that's a terrific opportunity for you. I'll be excited to follow the team this season and track your progress. And, hey, we appreciate you uh, jumping on with us today and giving us a little time on the show. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you.
Head coach Ryan Warner, Chapin High, as we keep things moving. Eric Frotz on deck. We'll keep things going right after Adrian Broadus, who's got one last bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Thank you, Adrian. Appreciate it. Head coach Eric Franz of uh, Parkland High joins us uh, on Sports Talk as we wrap up our conversations today with a trio of high school football coaches. Coach, good to have you back on the show. What a year for you last year. Uh, you went 11-1 and into area and uh, just, uh, I don't know if I would call it, I guess, a dream season, but I bet it's as close to a dream season as you're going to get uh, in terms of uh, success around the area. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I think we uh, we feel like we we did what we were supposed to do uh, up until the very end. Uh, we feel like we fell a little bit a little bit short, um, like we could have extended the season a little bit. But um, it's a constant work in progress. Um, I, I believe our program has done some good things, um, but we're definitely looking at at moving forward and trying to make a, a deeper playoff push. How many years for you now uh, at Parkland? Uh, this is my fourth year, my third year as a head coach. Okay, four years total, three as a head coach. You tell me, what's the what's the secret sauce? What's the uh, you know the the way you look at the success you've had? How do you explain it? Uh, I think uh, when I first got there, you know, with Coach uh, Josh Kirkton, I think he did a great job, kind of helping start change the culture. Um, we kind of just piggybacked off that. Uh, we have a fantastic coaching staff, and we have great kids. You know, and uh, those two combinations, they, they make for, you know, decent football teams. And I think our kids really buy into what we're trying to sell. Um, they do a great job um, preparing um, and doing the things that they need to do to be successful. You know, and, and we ask a lot from them. You know, we, uh, uh, we coach them hard, uh, but, you know, we definitely love them up and we make sure that they know that we're doing the – everything we do is, is in their best interest. So, um, you know, our coaching staff – does a fantastic job with them and uh, really blessed to be in a great spot. Well, I look at you now and then I, I can look at you when you were at Riverside and in Riverside, a couple of uh, playoff appearances. What do you think is the biggest difference between you now and when you first took over that Riverside job? I, I think, you know, with every year comes, comes a little bit of, uh, you know, you try to improve yourself, you know, and I think, um, we had some great years at Riverside, loved the community. It was great. Um, had a great time there. I spent a total of 12 years there, started with Coach Work, um, then Coach Calderon, and then got the chance to do it myself. And I, I think constantly growing as a head coach, um, it never stops. You know, you continue to try to improve and get better and do different things. Um, you know, I had great kids there, too. You know, I some really good football players that, that did a lot of great things. So, um I just think the constant growth and, and surrounding yourself with great people, I think, uh, really helps. You know, and uh, whenever you have a great group of kids, that doesn't hurt either. So, That's for sure. It doesn't hurt having Deion Hankins when you first arrive because we, we not, know what kind of – It yeah, definitely yeah. does not. Deion's a fantastic young man. We're super excited for him um, and, and, and the progress he's made. I, I was surprised. I didn't think he could get any bigger. Um, and and uh, when I saw the story on him the other day, I had seen him not too long ago, and um, I thought he looked a little bigger, but I wasn't sure. And then the, the story came out, and I thought, boy, he, he sure is putting in some work for sure. We're definitely you know, excited to support him. We're close to the same age, and I'm sure uh, – did you grow up in El Paso? Did you go to high school here? I did. So you remember the name Terreno Singleton? I did. Played against him. And Terreno, I thought, was built – like a tank in high school, let alone college. And I'm looking at Dion physically now and how he's growing. And, yeah, as he keeps getting bigger and bigger, you start to think about Terreno because I always thought that T was one of the biggest running backs I ever saw compete here in El Paso. Yes, sir. Coach, I mean, they, I mean he, he's, uh, he has a great work ethic, a great work ethic and uh, he's only going to improve. Um, you know, he did a great job for us at Parkland High School, and, you know, we're definitely excited about him moving on to college. You know, him along with uh, Hatib Lyles was another one that, that did a great job for us, and, and he's doing his thing out there in North Texas. So, you know, we're definitely excited for those guys, the alumni that we have, Dontavious Campbell's at uh, Oklahoma Panhandle. I mean, we have guys kind of spread out all over, some guys at uh, University of, of Texas at Permian Basin. Those guys are doing well. So, you know, we're excited. We're excited about, um, you know, where we're going and what we've done. 
um, but but never satisfied. Well, that's good. I like the hunger. I think that's the most important thing and uh, definitely what we want to follow up with. And by the way, we now have uh, Xavier Simmons uh, joining the ranks at UTEP with uh, Dion Hankins. Right. Yeah, he did a, an awesome job for us, too. You know, he moved in from uh, from Maryland, and uh, we got him a little bit late, but ended up having a great year for us. Has a huge upside. Um, you know, we're definitely excited for him, too. Head coach Eric Franz, Parkland High, joining us here on Sports Talk. Back to Adrian. I know he's got some questions for you, Coach. Coach, I, I want to touch on the team that you have right now. I'm, I'm real fascinated by it because each year you're able to supplement the talent that you had the previous year with a, a good batch of returning guys. I mean, Jonathan Barton on the ground, Dwayne Ford through the air. Uh, I like Lewis, who who might even be your quarterback uh, down the line. And I, I even saw on the roster, are you guys getting both the Ware brothers uh, coming from Andrus? Uh, they did register at, at, at uh, Andrus. I'm mean, from Andrus High School. They, uh, they they live in the Parkland area, so we're excited to have them as well. Coach, what is it about David Chavira that makes him such a special linebacker for your team? Uh, he's, you know what, he's a he's a fantastic kid. Um, he, he he's just a really hardworking uh, young man. Um, you know, he's not the the biggest kid, you know, but but he plays with so much passion and heart. He does, he does a great job for us. Uh, we're really excited. We had um, his older brother played for us this, this last year, um, who's also David Chavira. So um, there, there's three brothers, and then they're all David Chavira. So it's kind of kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, we're expecting great things from him. You know, we have, we have we have a lot of returning guys that are that are really uh, going to help us. Uh, you know, kind of continue to to build um, what we started, you know, and, and, and it's exciting. And coach, last one from me, uh, you know, just talking about the parents that you uh, deal with on a daily basis from the Northeast. I, I never hear better things about uh, any program over there other than what you guys are doing at Parkland. I, I hear such great things from the parent, uh, parent, coach and player interaction and communication. How has that kind of changed throughout this whole pandemic? And how have you uh, still been able to uh, to reach and contact your players along with uh, the parents, which I know that you guys have such a great base out there you know we we definitely got much better at technology that's for sure um you know I, i'm not to say i was the world's greatest uh computer guy but i i figured it out pretty quick you know we had we had to do some things and and be able to communicate and and get things accomplished um online and um a lot of communication uh, a lot of communication with with kids with parents so you know we had some some meetings on zoom and we had some uh, just some different things to try to reach out to, you know, so parents can get as 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 much information as we could give them at the time. You know, it's been um, it's been a difficult process. Um, it, it's been something that's abnormal, not really what we're used to, and uh, so it's been, you know, kind of kind of it's been different. You know, but but we continue to um, you know put our kids in front and and, and understand and want all our our parents to understand that. You know, we're in this for their, their children, you know, and, and and we want what's best for them, and we're going to try to keep them as safe as possible. Um, and we're going to do, you know, as much as we can do to, to keep everyone safe, coaches, uh, players, you know, everybody included. So um, the communication thing has been huge. It's been really been huge. We've been in contact with them since spring break. Um, had a couple parent meetings in there where we explained, you know, the processes and, and protocols we're going to have to – you know, to try to keep, you know, keep their children safe. And um, since we haven't been able to get together, we've done a lot of virtual workouts and um, a, a lot of virtual uh, teaching um, as far as where they need to be when we need when we get back. So um, we we stated from the beginning that's not going to be an excuse. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're not about finding excuses. We're we're gonna find you know a solution to the issue and and try to push forward. Have you had some pretty creative workouts uh, from some of your uh, players uh, during the pandemic where they've figured out yeah, ways we, to, to stay home and, and get it done? Yeah, we, we've done some different things. Uh, you know, we started out with the, uh, the park challenge. We did some different – I was on there doing a backpack workout. And, I mean, we, we all kind of brainstormed, and some worked really well. 
Um, some others not so good. We kind of switched it up. You know, we moved to a program that they got involved in. And so, I mean, we're just trying different things to, like I said, you know, it, nobody's ever had to do this before. This We're the first. So we're inventing this as we go. And, and you know, everything, you know, comes with a, a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe it didn't work out as well. Let's try something else. You know, we have plenty of time. So us as coaches, you know, we have plenty of time to, you know, to beat our head on the wall and try to figure out, you know, what works best for the kids at Parkland High School. So um, the, the few days that we did get to see them, we did get to be around them um, for those three days that we opened. Um, I was really impressed by our kids and, and the shape that they were in and what they looked like. So uh, I was excited about that. And I was excited about getting back on the field and getting out there and walking around and, you know, kind of just being around them. And then we got kind of cut off again, and, and, and then we were back to virtual. So um, we've had to be really flexible. Um, we've had to be really flexible as far as our scheduling and what we're doing and how we're going to do it. Um, but I think overall it, it, uh, the kids have done a really good job buying into um, what they need to do to get prepared. You know, the ones that are returning already know what they need, where they need to be. Uh, the ones that haven't played on the varsity, um, we're kind of pushing them along so that they understand where they need to be um, in order for us to have a successful season. Coach, terrific stuff from you. I appreciate you sticking around with us till uh, the uh, bottom of the hour to uh, to give us that information. We're excited, looking forward to what uh, should be a terrific year for, for you and, and the Matadors and wish you uh, nothing but the best here in 2020. And thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thanks. We always appreciate you guys and everything you guys do and um, highlighting the, the, you know, the, the good things that are happening at Parkland High School. Um, we'll continue to support you guys, and anytime you guys need anything from us, um, just let us know. Well, we'll be there for that opener. We appreciate it, Coach. And until then, take care of yourself and uh, stay well. Yes, sir. Thank you. Head Coach Eric Franz, Parkland Matadors, wraps us up. My thanks to Coach Franz, Coach Warner, and Coach Rutledge. When we come back, final countdown. We're going to wrap up the show at Sports Talk 600 ESPN El Paso.